So obviously I know you guys have a kickback to a mental health awareness organization, correct? We're getting deep now. Here we go. We're getting deep. <laughs> Cue the organ. No, so you guys have a kickback, which yeah. every company should, I think, because that, you know, that, that kind of highlights where your priorities are right. and where your values lie. And I know at the beginning of GhostFit, was it the beginning of GhostFit where you were going through some things or was this before? Dude, this was before. So was, this inspired the mental health kickback. Yeah, yeah. So it was it was actually, I mean, should, should, I, should I take you through the journey? Go for so it. So it was, it was during my freshman year of college, that's when everything was brought to the surface, let's say, right? Um, it really started like as like a little kid, right? Trauma as a little kid, right? Suppressed, right? Suppressed all the like trauma that I had, let's say. Um, and then finally, like gr- growing up and like becoming decent at football, it was like, okay, like now I feel good about myself, right? Because I had something to lean on, right? I, I felt like- You had an identity. Yeah, I had an identity, I had a, pur- uh, a purpose. Um, and then I get to the U of M, um, and that's, I was playing football there my freshman year. And so when I was in high school, right, I'm the fucking man. That's how I felt, right? I, I'm not going to lie. I had, a, dude, I had a stupid ego. I'm the fucking man, right? I'm on top of the world. And, you know, I, I'm, I'm there for, I'm at my high school for four years, playing varsity football for four years. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to go to the You're U celebrity. I'm going to go to the U of M. I'm going to play... I don't know if, if, if I want to play my fourth year, I will. But if I don't, I'll just go to the pro. Yeah. Right. That, that was my mindset. I'm not, I'm dead ass serious. Right. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I get to the U of M and I'm like, holy shit. I'm like, dude, I, I'm not very fucking good at football. Right. And the problem was, is it wasn't that I wasn't good at football, quote unquote. Right. It was that I, everything that I was, that I thought I was, was tied into football because when I played football, right, I was no longer like that poor kid. I no longer like, you know, lived in that shitty house. I no longer had family members that were like going to jail, right? Because that, you know, no one could see that. All they saw was, you know, me scoring, me doing this, me doing that, right? Yeah. So those judgments were no longer placed on me. So then when I was shitty at football, you know, my freshman year, dude, like, that's all I felt again, right? It was like, dude, what what so this whole time i just like create this image about myself that i'm this fucking super human because i'm good at football and this and that and it was just a huge facade that i you know played right because i had to it was it was the only real way to like escape what was like really going on right and i i never talked through it i never had like any therapy or anything um with kind of like the, that emotional side of like my childhood and so my freshman year like all came out and I ended up quitting football. Um, I quit all my classes. Um, I was drinking probably five days a week and not like drinking, not like, oh, let's sit down and watch a football game and have a beer. No, I'm talking about six packs, 12 packs, like 24 packs. Like, let's, let's get fucked up. Cause yeah. Oh, cause I assume, okay. So football was your mask, right? Yeah. And that was like your new reality that you leaned on. And mm-hmm. then when that basically got polluted and you were like, not good what the fuck not right. good anymore then you need to go create a new one through alcohol exactly well it, so it all what i what i think back about now is the only thing i was trying to do was like mask that stuff right like mask whatever was going on in my life before because what happened is that i always in middle school like i was like the quiet kid didn't really talk much i hung around with the athletes but i was never popular but I played sports like I hung around with the athletes. 
But then I started playing football and it was like, dude, all that went away, right? So I, I never had to like confront it like face to face, right? I, I never had to stare it down. And then, you know, when I get to the U of M, I'm like, dude, I suck. Like, fuck this. Like, I, I need to find something else, something else to like fill that void. Um, and then finally, you know, I, after about like six months, I ended up getting on like anxiety pills because literally it wasn't anxiety that I was having. I mean, I was, but it was panic attacks to the point like where I couldn't breathe. And like, I, I felt like, I don't know how do you explain it, but it feel, think of that feeling when like you're in a pool and you're trying to swim to the top. You can see like where like the, you know, water meets the air, but you could never, ever get there. Like you're, you're going, you're going, you're going. Like that's how it like feel. It was a crazy feeling. You remember this as clear as day, it sounds like. Oh yeah. Yeah. No, what it was, was your first, what was the first instance? I was driving, I was driving down to Eau Claire to go see my girlfriend and I was in traffic and dude it just like hit me where i was like dude like full fred's panic attack where i i don't i don't know it's so hard to like pinpoint like what you're thinking or like why you have it but it's almost like an out-of-body experience where like you can't breathe and dude you just it, it's the most insane and scary feeling like I, I i could ever like try to tell you like paint that picture for it. anyways i was in traffic and this is what like scared the hell out of me the only like when i would have these panic attacks i would feel like i needed like run like go do something because i'm like trying to run away from like the issue and so i'm in fucking gridlock traffic and i take my seatbelt off and i unlock the door dude i was i swear to god i was gonna go run down the freeway i'm not i, I was going to run down the free i was so scared i'd never dealt with it before and this is the first time it happened and dude i was like holy shit so i put my seatbelt back on because i like, kind of like came to, back to my senses and i went on the shoulder and drove like three miles to a gas station and i got out and i called my girlfriend i'm like okay i don't know what the fuck's going on but like i'm freaking out right now what dude yeah so that was that was the first that was the first instant and this went on for about like six months finally got on um pills to like control my anxiety you'd have these how many times throughout like a given week? no every no every i'm yeah. not kidding you for probably six months this is just how i felt for like six months and then that's i would take these pills and they would turn me into like a zombie where like i didn't feel happy sad good bad like i was just like a walking body through fucking life it was absolutely insane so what would you do on a daily basis sleep till like two to not sleep till 2 p.m., but probably like stay in my bed until 2 p.m. I would do a lot of research because I, so when I got on these pills, it allowed me to think finally. And so I was like, all right, I'm I told myself I'm going to be on these for three months and then I'm going to flush them. And so I would I still had like shitty habits where, you know, I was like I was obviously still drinking fucking all the time, um, sleeping in super late. But I would like research like, OK, like what is anxiety like how do you get rid of it like how do you cope with that how do you mitigate it and so for three months like that's what i did and you know i started reading books reading these tony robbins books i started reading fucking any sort of like book that was like inspiring to me because i knew i had to find something that like sparked my interest um and this is kind of where my grandma comes into play so she actually told me about tony robbins if you don't know who that is i don't really want to advocate him because i feel like he's kind of like a guruish type of dude that's like I don't know how much of that shit I like truly believe in, but but he he actually seems like a great freaking guy. Yeah, no, he he's, does. He does. Not, you know what I mean? Like he like seems really genuine. He does. He but. does. And so there's this book that I was reading. It's called Money Mastering the Game, and my grandma referred it to me. And 
So this was like almost on that three month period when I was like, all right, I'm after this, like I'm flushing these pills down the toilet and I'm like going to figure out like what the hell's going on. And so I was reading it and like midway through, he's talking about like raise your standards. Yes. And dude, so I don't know what it was. Maybe I just needed to hear it at that time. I don't know what it was, but it like made something click. And I was like, dude, I'm just, I'm like feeling bad for myself. Like, dude, I'm at the U of M. I quit football, dude. I was playing division one football. I was having the time of my life. It's like, now I'm, what the hell am I doing? You know what I mean? I'm like, I'm sulking because I feel bad for myself and I don't have the mental capacity to deal with competing against another fucking person playing football. Like that's literally how I felt. Like when I read that, I was like, dude, like I, I'm, I'm for lack of better words, I'm being a little bitch right now about this. You know what I mean? Like, that's just like the truth. And so after I read that, I was like, all right, flush the pills on the, the toilet, started working back out, started like getting on Instagram. I created like a fitness page on Instagram um so anyways long story short and was that let me i want to go yeah, back yeah. to that was that the first thing you heard that like flipped a switch in you a hundred percent like literally the first where you're like what the hell zero to 100 um i wouldn't necessarily say zero to 100 but it got me in the train of thinking like like i said like i'm feeling bad for myself like i need to i need to do something right now where it will turn my life into like a positive way where I know I can be headed. You know what I mean? Because before it was, it was like, I was feeling bad that I was feeling bad almost, you know what I mean? Like I, I, it was just a bad like cycle and repetition of me just doing a lot of shitty things and like hurting myself, not hurting myself. Well, I, in a sense, um, but just feeling bad, hurting myself. And then just like not having like the mental capacity to be like, dude, get up and, to like start moving forward. Well, and it probably became comfortable and it's, right. it's easy right. to be negative and it's easy to be complacent and it's easy to just do what you've been doing. Yeah. So that's, that's what I say. I think, I think I'm not some omnipotent force, but <laughs> they say like the hardest part is starting. So mm-hmm. going from one side of the spectrum, just kind of laying around feeling bad and then going all the way to the other of like, let's go. Let's start a new positive, momentous streak of whatever that may be. Probably the longest jump. But then yeah. once you start it, then it's easier the day two, day three. It all compounds up. Like compound interest. Let's save your money. You know what I mean? So keep going. Yeah. Um, gosh, where was I? You where were. I? So, so you just read Raise Your Standards. Oh, yeah. You got in the gym. You're like, fuck this. You start your Instagram page, your fitness page. So start the Instagram page, whatever. Um, and about like three months into it, this company sent me apparel and they're like, Hey, like if you wear it and you post it, um, you know, we will put you on our stories and we'll put you like, you'll be like the head of like our brand basically. And how many were you posting a lot? How did they find you just through your social media presence? Really? I mean, we, I have had maybe like a hundred photos on there Okay. in like a, like a hundred photos in like a few months span. So, I mean, I was posting, yeah, a decent amount. And so, you know, so I, it's, it was this uh, company from uh, Canada. So I went and I bought their shirt. It was like a $30 shirt. And, you know, I posted it. Um, and they, like, put me, like, on their story. It was like a five-second uh, Instagram story. And I DM'd them. I'm like, hey, dude, like, I thought, you know, I was going to be, like, you know, like, the face of your brain, like, all this kind of stuff. They're like, oh, yeah, like, you know, you know, just keep on sending this stuff. And I'm like, this is the only shirt I have. They're like, you know, well, you could, like, buy more stuff. And. Dude, so they were, like, trying to rope me in, right? And I was, like, clearly mad about that. And my girlfriend, she's like, dude, why don't you just start your own company then? 
And I was like, what do you mean start my own company? She's like, dude, what? She's like, you obviously like don't like this stuff, but like you like fitness. She's like, you're doing this whole fitness thing. She's like, why don't you start that? And so I was like, and you had okay. never, and you'd never thought about it before. Dude, I have no, I had no idea how to create a shirt, how to create a logo, like anything that came to like business. Like I didn't really know that well. Like I could talk to people, but I wasn't like very good when it came to like the academic side of business at all. Um, dude, so I just started like researching shit. Yet you read Raise Your Standards in Money Mastering the Game. Dude, that was... How ironic is that? Yeah. Dude, I, I was... That's the thing. Like, I was trying to find anything that I could, like, attach myself to. You know what I mean? So, I was like, okay. It's a new identity. Yeah, let's let's find some guruish type shit, right? To make myself... You know, it's a feel-good story, right? But, no, but... Yeah. Going back to what we were saying, like, a lot of that shit to the surface is cliche. But, again... Right. Cliche saved your life. Right. Very true. And Very true. started a business. Right. And gave you an entirely new life. Correct. No, that, that is 100% true. That is true. And, and, and it goes back to the point of like that persistence, right? Like even though it did suck at that time, like I'm so like fortunate for that time because it gave me a perspective that I wouldn't, I wouldn't trade that for the world. Dude, my perspective at that time was like poor me, like dude, like everything in my life has sucked. Like, you know, I, I was this, I was this, I was this. Like I would never take blame for any of like the bad things because I was like, dude, the reason why it happened is because, you know, my family was like, this is because I grew up like this because dude, I, I, I was so bad at just like sulking in like anything that anything bad that happened to me. Playing the victim. Exactly. A hundred percent because it's so easy to. Right. And then, you know, it, so that really dude, it changed my perspective so drastically that like that would, that would suck to feel like that. You know what I mean? Like to have, to have the lack of perspective that I did, was awful. You know what I mean? Um, so that's, I would never take that back for anything, even though I, I do. One of the biggest regrets are, is leaving the university of Minnesota because looking back at it, it's like, I had an awesome, um, opportunity and I lasted nine months and I just quit. Like that's to this day is probably one of my biggest regrets in life. But at the end of the day, like I came out with something much better than any education could ever teach me. So you have to take the positive from it. Yeah, I mean, I was going to ask because obviously you're very talented and it sounds like the thing that did you in, if you want to call it that, at the U of M was getting there and not raising your standards. Yeah. Like imagine if you had read that before going to Minnesota. Yeah, dude, it was my, dude, my perspective was, so I came from a small, small city, right? Um, so we had, our high school was 1,200 people but it was from seven cities, right? So I think each city had like 2,000 people in it. So we're a super small town. And my ego was so elevated because I was like down here all my life. And then it's like, okay, I like, I got to come up now. And so the only, it's like, dude, I'm going to hold on to this. I'm going to ride it fucking as far as I could, right? But instead of like just focusing on like working hard and just like grinding, like not giving a fuck about, you know, like these outside like noises, Dude, if anyone said anything good, it's like, oh, I'm going to take that. I'm going to hold that and I'm going to make myself feel good. I'm going to tell myself, you know, you know, if someone said, oh, you had a good game. It's like, dude, I'm going to remember that for the next fucking week. You know, I'm going to replay that over and over because that's like what I held on to. That's what made me feel good. Because when I went back home is like complete opposite of that. You know what I mean? So then when I actually had to deal with like this real life stuff, right, going to the U of M 
actually competing, actually being around guys that, I mean, obviously some guys gave a shit about like what other people said about them, like, you know, ego wise, but do people are there just a grind and hustle? Well, and this is the big time. This is not yeah. like no country for old men here. This is 100%. not rainbow and fluff bears. Like <laughs> if you make a good run, you're not going to get a pat on the back. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's probably a very stark contrast. Right. So, and it's interesting because you just said you'd re- like, you'd hold on to the compliments and you'd rely on them. You you would rely on the highs. Yeah. And then you start this company fast forward and we'll get back to, you know, the creation story, but you have to stay level-headed every day because one day is a freaking high, one day is a deathly low. Yeah. Like, that's a complete 180 of a mindset. 100%. Dude, but so th- this is this is why, dude, this is why, okay, so after the U of M, I went to St. Thomas, and this is why St. Thomas was so fucking good for me. Is Did you start the company yet before you went to St. Thomas? In 2017, it was r- like right when I got to St. Thomas. Okay. Yeah, a year, a year after, I, yeah, a year after I got to St. Thomas. But so obviously, like I said, I played on the football team there. Like our culture, and Jordy, you can you can c- confirm this. Like our culture there was there was no ego, right? Like it was all about like your teammates. It was all about your coaches. Like just playing for like that that person next to you. Do so like having that repeated you know, on a daily basis to me, dude, that made me grow so much because it was like, this is what I needed, right? I needed almost like, I don't, I don't want to say a father figure because I, I, that sounds cheesy, but like Crusoe was someone that like, I wish I had like when I was growing up, not in like a fatherly way, but in like, here are lessons that you should learn and you should hold on to um, and take with you throughout life because they're really going to help you. And I never had that, you know what I mean? So then when I had that in college, Dude, like that, the way that I started thinking about things, literally from day one, just switched. That was the switch. Because it was, it, it, it was, it was not about other people. It was about myself, right? It was not about like, oh, you grew up this way. It's about how are you reacting to that? You know what I mean? And how can you like build a group around you to make sure that they're always going to push you to that standard and hold you to a standard where you'll always do what's best for yourself and those people around you. Um, so yeah, I mean, that's like, it really came full circle. I feel like when I went back to St. Thomas, well, I think first of all, I just had a thought go through my head. Have you sent Robin some merch? <laughs> Cause I've seen, I've seen your marketing campaigns. Dude, do you see how big that dude is? I don't know if you're just give him the picture you have and tell him just sleep in this. I don't know what happens. But. Dude, not, not yet. Not yet. Um, do my grandma, my, so my grandma lives out in California. And so he puts on, like, these uh, shows, like, every year. He has people fucking, like, running across, like, fire and shit. And she wanted me to go, but it cost $10,000. So I was like, I don't know if that's in the marketing budget, Gma. I don't know, Gma, <laughs> but if you can, you might have to write a note to yeah. Tony and just try to get the message out to him. But that's it's ridiculous. So obviously you go to St. Thomas, you get that father figure, for lack of a better word, yeah. and you raise your standards. And you find a new identity. You have a new, you know, this this hobby that's more than a hobby. It's a business. Right. When does it get to the point where you realize, okay, let's make this come super full circle. This mental disorder was terrible. These mental troubles were terrible. I need to put that at the forefront of the company and rope that back in. Yeah. And then how, so how does that even, how do you set that up? How do you set the kickback up? Like, how did that all come to be? Yeah. So basically I knew that when I... 
when I started GhostFit, I always told myself when we become successful, like I want to be able to donate and like give back to people because at the end of the day, the reason why I am where I'm at is because other people, 1000% is because other people have helped me with Jordy's helping me. You're helping. I mean, everyone, you always, you always are leaning on someone to help you. Right. And there's someone that has a possibility of being where exactly where you are or ahead of you, but just needs a little bit of help. Right. And I felt like I was that kid. I felt like if I had a little bit of help, like I could do some good things. So that was always like number one. Like I want to be able to do that. Then when I went to St. Thomas, that was like the first time I really learned about like people and networking and connections and like having like a stable group of people that just like truly care about you. And so when I kind of like connected those two things, I'm like, okay, like how do I make this happen? Um, So the first thing that we did originally to give back was last year we started a campaign called Kids Eat First. So this was right when COVID was happening. We donated 20% of all of our profits in April um, to Second Harvest Heartland. So basically what they do is they provide emergency meals for, you know, kids and families that, you know, are in need. And my girlfriend, she's a teacher. And what she told me, she's like a lot of these, you know, kids that are in, you know, elementary school, middle school, they rely on school meals right? Because they might not get it, you know, when they're at home, especially like in the inner city. So I was like, dude, I, I, I need to help. Like that just like hits home. Right. Um, so that was like the first sort of way that we donated and gave back. Um, and then I was thinking, okay, like what's like our long-term position. Right. Um, and so I was like researching and mental health America, like kept on coming up, kept on coming up. So that's who we decided to partner with. So now we give back 5% of all of our proceeds to mental health America And they just help people, you know, from young to old, um, mitigate mental health. Um, And the way that I look at it is that I didn't have like an organization like that help me. But what I did have was a system and people and structure that helped me. So, you know, if we can give back to a foundation that does the same for others, like that's a win for us. That's colossal. And obviously that you were saying earlier, with marketing comes the emotion that you need to dig out. Yeah. That's it. And you, and that is, you're the owner, the values you align with. Clearly. Yeah. yeah. So I can't think of a better kickback. I don't think there is one unless you were to start your own organization someday. I was thinking face. about that. No. I don't know. That could be your next business venture. No, I was actually, it's funny. So, um, I was talking to one of my mentors about this and, I was like, you know, I'm trying to like find out, you know, how to like set up some sort of like donation system where, you know, we can donate to like individuals, like the actual families. And uh, he's like, dude, he's like, relax. He's like, I know that you want to do this. You're an entrepreneur. Like you, you want to figure out a way, you know, to, you know, create as much value as you can. He's like, the best thing that you can do is give it to these organizations because you as an individual, your dollar can only go so far. A bigger organization like Mental Health America, their dollar is going to stretch way farther because they have a lot more money. They have a lot more volunteers. They just have a much better infrastructure, right? So if you really want to make a change, yes, I get it. Like this is him speaking to me. If you really want to make a change, I understand like what you're trying to do with creating this organization. But there are people that wake up at 5 a.m. and go to bed at fucking midnight and all they think about is these donations and giving back to people. He's like, put your money in their hands and let them do it. So I was like, all right, you make a good point. That is fair. Yeah. 
the business world's so big. Like at a certain point, you gotta swallow your pride and just because you just said like everybody helps everybody, right? You just gotta swallow your pride and realize you can't work on seven different things at once. Just focus on one thing with your, you know, your full heart. Cliche again. Clear eyes, full hearts can't lose. <laughs> it's all about cliches tonight. It's all about cliches tonight. This is a cliche <laughs> video. But just allow, you know, others to help you. Consult the jewel maker about jewels, baby. Dude, that's the, I mean, it, it is, it's the reality of it. Like, um, you know, I, I think everyone has, is it innate? I don't know. But they have something that they're going to be really, really good at, right? Double down on what you're really good at. Triple down on what you're really good at. And hire out what you're bad at, right? It it sounds good to be jack of all trades, but, master of none. But they, they don't last anymore, right? Because yeah. it, it's all about being consistent nowadays. You know what I mean? Like, what can you do really, really good, and then kind of hire out the rest of it. So you know, you 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 almost have to have like a humility to that because you know, just like how you know we. I don't know if you guys noticed, but we took all of our women's apparel off of our website. We don't do very good at women's apparel. But we're going to kick ass in the men's department, right? So we're going to focus on that. We're going to triple down on men's apparel. We're going to make the best fucking men's apparel. Will we come back to women's apparel? Probably at some point. But, dude, it's a, it's a fine balance that you have to have. Okay. Interesting. So I didn't actually – I didn't know that. I didn't notice that. So why do you think you – looking back, why do you think you didn't hit home with women? Was, um, it, was it the brand? I, I think this. I, as, as a creator, right, especially when it comes to apparel – you it's important to be able to try it on test it work out in it wash it right i can put on shorts and joggers like hoodies but i'm not going to be over there wearing fucking yoga pants and sports bras like that's just something i'm not going to do right and you know so that might you know beg the question well why don't you just have other women do that for you well we did have other women do that for us but at the end of the day i'm the one that's actually making it so if one woman tells me one thing, the other woman tells me the other thing, right? How am I supposed to know exactly how I'm supposed to make this, right? Yeah. So what I decided is I'm good at this one thing, so let's continue to do, the, do that. When we have a woman that understands how to create yeah. women's apparel, like that's what we'll do, right? Because yeah. they can immerse herself literally in the apparel <laughs> yeah. um, and, and, and create something that, you know, it's lives up to our standard of apparel raise your standard raise your standards but no it's a very fair point and so i'm not a woman okay <laughs> but public I mean, announcement they're very specific about their, yes. their clothing yes. so i imagine that would be and that all jokes aside like have you ever shopped for a woman <laughs> like it's hard and they are they're specific and like everybody's different so i mean i imagine that's quite the challenge as a man it is. It is. And dude, like this is a thing. Not only not only are women super specific, too, but sizing is so so weird. Like a girl a, a woman could be like a 2 in this. Yes. And like a 4 in this pant and a 6 in this pant. It's like First of all, what is two four? And what, I don't know what, what two four. That's is. not even a measurement. Who do we that's appreciate? Even, <laughs> you know, it's, it's like, all right, are, are we throwing out? What are you, a red and blue and a yellow? Or like, I, I don't, I don't, I don't even get how the system works for them. You yeah. know what I mean? Um, some things are just better left to the pros, um, and I will, I'll definitely throw in the white towel. Uh, this time around and uh, you know go, go shop at you know Lulu Nike wherever you want um, for women's apparel of course <laughs> not for men's <laughs> not to go yeah but no we'll, we'll, we'll get back eventually